0: Hello, everyone. I'm Bill Raggio. I'm a senior fellow at Foundation for Defense of Democracies and editor of FDD's Long War Journal. And this is Generation Jihad, the podcast that covers all things from what used to be known as the global war on terror, but what we now call the long war. And boy, is there a hot conflict in the, in this long war. Um, we're about almost a week in with Hamas and companies attack on Israel. And it's really starting to heat up. Again, we're going to be joined by Joe Trusman. Joe is uh, my friend and colleague at Foundation for Defense of Democracies. Joe is a, a research analyst at FDD as well as a contributor at the Long War Journal. Look, uh, if you want to know what's happening, if you want the latest news, follow Joe at at Joe Trusman, t r u z M A N. give joe a follow on twitter he's got his updates he's keeping me up to date i mean it's the first thing i do when i wake up i take a look at what joe has to say then i take a look around the news joe's always ahead joe welcome back to generation jihad um you've been a fantastic resource on this in the past and and what's with, with, what's going on now um you're just making my job so much easier welcome back to generation jihad
1: hey i appreciate uh being here yeah it's been uh been along almost a a week now it'll be a week tonight i can't believe it like seven days of this it's crazy uh uh but yeah but like we've talked about it before how like the days just you know mesh together so sometimes i just forget what day it is um it's like oh is it today today friday we were talking on the phone the other day and (laughs) he said today's
0: wednesday no today's and and i was laughing because I know exactly how that is. When you get into the heat of this, when it, it, you're in the thick, you're not looking at the calendar. You know, I don't, I don't even know what time it is. Um, weekends, what are weekends? So yeah, yeah, yeah welcome, welcome to the suck,
1: Joe. Yeah, thanks a lot. Um, but yeah, no, uh, yeah, it's, it's tough. So, um, but I'm, I'm, I'm managing. All right. And I'm getting some sleep, not as much sleep as I want, but uh, you know, Again, we're getting through barely.
0: Yeah, it's it's a struggle. You'll find we we all find that balance in these tough times, and uh, you know. But I really do appreciate what you've been doing, Joe. It's it. I, I'm I'm not lying when you say you're making my job easy for me. Um, it's really hard to just to sort through the news and figure out what is happening, and and you do it in a fashion on Twitter that is you know, you're just digesting that information. You're getting the important information, the stuff that I want to see. And, um, I'm certain that those who are following you, I mean, I know your, your readership has gone up significantly during this and as well, it should, because you're, you're just a fantastic resource on this. And, you know, again, I'm going to thank you. Um, yeah, I know you're doing your job. That's how you think about it, but, um, the work is valuable. So
1: I, I appreciate it. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, it's it's definitely hard, and there's a lot of, uh, and we could talk about this after, but uh, there's a lot of you know facts out there, right? And there's a lot of just nonsense. But the thing is, for a lot of people that are just you know tuning into the, this this conflict, right? They've never you know they've never under, uh, heard about Hamas um, or, or other Palestinian groups. They don't know, right? So I mean, so it's um, so I'm what I'm trying to do is just. Publish the right information, the right facts, uh, the right facts from my sources and so on and so forth, so forth, so forth. And, uh, you know, share my expertise because I've been, I've been tracking these groups for, for years now. And, uh, I know how they operate. Uh, I've observed these, these, I've, I've observed conflicts already between Israel and, uh, Hamas and other Palestinian groups. So, uh, so I have an understanding of this already. Okay. So, so, yeah, that's what I try to share here. So um, I'm happy to hear, you know, that uh, there are people that are, are reading the information that I publish or that I write or everything I, I do on Twitter, for example. Uh, so it's uh, it's really a pleasure. It's, you know, and I'm sure you understand this, Bill. It's, it's not even a job for me, really. I mean, it is a job, but I don't see it like that. It's just something that you do. Right. That enjoy I call it the, a bizarre labor of love. Right. Um, exactly. It's.
0: I feel it's kind of like, you know, look, again, we're not on the front lines. We're not out there right. you know, but there's a toll, there's a cost to this. I can imagine what it's like to be a homicide detective, and that's kind of like what I equate our job to be, trying to get to the facts of the case, we're trying to understand, get into the minds of horrible people and understand them and and figure out what they're going to do next. And um that's the that's the best way I can equate to to what we do and you know i i I don't know if you've ever seen the movie uh heat right oh yeah arrow and uh, oh you know and um uh pacino's character right he's just so engrossed in his job that it destroys his life and now i won't let that happen i'm a family man and i i certainly don't go that far but i could watch that character i could empathize with him because he's so driven to get to the bottom um, of, of, to crack his cases to prevent those crimes. And, and I get that. Like again, I'm not going to certainly sacrifice my family, you know, my relationships to, to do my job, but, uh, but I get it. I get it. I get why pe- how people are driven like that to do what they do. Um, I'm sure you
1: can relate. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. But yeah, there's that there's that time for family of course and uh, cuz that's family is the most important and everybody you know you know that and uh but there are these times uh like like this war that it's just everything just it goes pretty much it goes crazy right but thankfully i have a have a have a wife that is very understanding <laughs> yes they're the, listen
0: I I will tell you, and I I know the same with you Joe my I couldn't have done this without my wife I couldn't she let me do embeds when I uh, in Iraq right going into combat zones when I had a one three and five year old um she supported what I did she understood what I did and understands what I do um the importance of it and you know she just believed in me and without my wife um uh, You know, I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be able to do this job. I'd be some loner. I don't know what it would be if I pursued this. But you know, having 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 that support with the family, it it goes a long way, especially in these tough times. I'll share a quick story, and then we'll get to you know. I'm sure listeners are probably a little tired of hearing us uh, chat about this, but you know, um, at the height of Afghanistan in 2021. I'm blessed to have a home in the mountains. And we had a family reunion there. And and just as the, it really started getting bad right after the ceasefire in, in late July, and we had a family reunion. I'm, tr- I'm the one who kind of managed. I'm the cook. I'm the person who sort of gets everything together so my wife can have a good time with her family. And um, this started going off. And I'm just trying to work and trying to balance everything. And then it went crazy right at the beginning of August. The Taliban took over the first province and the reunion ended and i told my wife i said i don't even have time to drive home right now i just have to stay here um you know and i wound up getting basically trapped trapped in my my mountain home um for about a five weeks i didn't see my wife i didn't see my kids my wife came up for um for a weekend um and you know you know, just sort of just hung out with me. And, but, you know, those are the things we sacrifice at these times, you know, to, because it's important to to do the work we do to help people understand. And so let's, let's get beyond that and let's, let's get to the meat of what's happening. So um, fascinating. This last night, uh, our time, the Israeli defense force issues a statement warning all um so the Palestinian civilians in uh the northern half of the Gaza Strip, pretty much in Gaza City, to evacuate south of what they called Wadi Gaza, which I believe we've determined to be a, a small stream that um bisects uh you know northern Gaza from the south. And this is a clear indication that the Israeli military is preparing to do a ground offensive. I don't think that's a shock to you and you or I Joe, the Israelis. Aim that the, their state one of their stated aims of this operation is the complete defeat and dismantlement of of Hamas, and in order to do this, uh, Joe and I have an article that is just published at the Long War Journal on this. Um, so give that a read, but um, we'll discuss it here. But to you know to do this, they have to go in on the ground. You can't do this via air. You can't do this via targeted raids. Hamas is entwined in the fabric of, of gaza and the israelis are going to have to root it out um on the ground so tell us tell us about this statement and how is this being received what else do we know joe
1: yeah so yeah just like you said uh the idf uh published a statement they asked i believe it was the un uh that was like the the first initial reports that I was um that they asked the united nations that uh to tell people that um you know, they needed to evacuate. They needed to go south, uh, and uh, but also they they drop flyers. I've seen some evidence of that. So uh, in Gaza, so uh, so yeah, so it 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 appears this uh, a ground invasion is imminent. Um, you know, the thing is too, you gotta think about it, right? So if they're telling everybody, hey, from this point you need to go south, then. Not only are they telling the civilians which they ought to be doing, right? Uh, but they're also telling the enemy. They're telling the enemy where you know what's happening. So, Hamas. So, I mean, um, are they going to come for? Is the uh, the IDF going to come from the north, right, uh, and move its way south? Uh, you know, it's possible because it is. Uh, but at the same time, it may be. I don't want to say it's a ruse, but uh, you know, the, I, I I think I said it before in previous podcasts that the IDF, as far as they're they're the ground uh a ground incursor they're gonna have to be um uh, they have to be clever right They're because hamas is waiting for them and they've they've I, I can't imagine hamas not being prepared for them uh already uh but even before even before the attack on october 7th because you know you just gotta think these aren't like a bunch of ragtag just terrorists just you know uh that just been around and just got super lucky uh and these guys are uh obviously they're well funded uh they've uh they have battle experience against the Israelis and they know how the Israelis operate so uh there's no way they didn't think that okay well if we're successful uh the Israelis are uh, you know they're gonna they're gonna respond harshly and that includes a ground war of course they're, they're you know they, they that's how the israelis would respond to something as such a huge attack so they're, they're they've been prepared for this so uh again israelis have to be super careful when they go in there so uh because once you start getting into those cities like uh in in like khan yunas for example or gaza city or, or you keep going south uh you know it, it's 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 gonna be it's gonna be a nightmare for sure uh so and then and, and viewers or listeners rather can just look up information from 2014. There was a ground war in 2014. You can you can see what happened there. So so that's what's happening. Excuse me. So uh, this uh it, what appears to be an imminent ground invasion. And uh, not only are they telling civilians, but they're letting Hamas know as well. Yeah. And
0: no, look, uh, I don't think that these – I think the Israelis are going to – if they're serious about this, and I think this is the only path forward if they want to achieve that aim. Of clearing Hamas from and and obviously I'm using Hamas as shorthand, right? It's Hamas, it's Palestinian Islamic Jihad, popular resistance committees. They're gonna they're gonna dismantle all of these groups. We'll just call it Hamas because it's the largest group, it's the one in charge of Gaza. Uh they they have to do this, you know, on the ground. It's gonna be in, you know, I mean, people need to be thinking in terms of Fallujah, Ramadi, Mosul, Talifar. Things of that nature where the it's the only way to root out these organizations and they can't stop just at northern Gaza. So I think the way this will work is they'll clear an area and, you know, it's going to be heavy fighting. And look, if Hamas decides to squeeze, squeeze out to the south, they'll clear that area. They'll let people back in. They're going to they're going to have to process them. They're going to have to vet them. They're going to have to take specifically um, look, give a hard look to the military age males um and i'll tell you what in 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 gaza what is a military age male is it 10 and mm-hmm. up is it 12 and yeah oh it uh, no 10 and up? it's horrible but yeah. these are these are going to be some tough choices and some tough visuals that the israelis are going to deal with once that area is cleared and they some, set up some sort of administration they're going to have to move to the next section clear it to, you know wash rinse repeat until they get to the bottom um Hamas can decide to fight or they can decide to squeeze squeeze out to other areas, but at some point they're going to come into contact with the Israeli uh, defense forces. Israel defense forces. I I think that's how it's going to happen. It's at least if if they're serious about doing this, it's how it has to happen. Um, the other possibility, right, is that they clear an area or they they cordon an area, so they could they might move uh, Israeli troops up along that. Uh, up, you know, straight up along the line to to segment the north and south, and then go east of uh, west to east. That's certainly a possibility. It'd Probably be easier to go north south, but who knows what the what the Israeli re- Israeli plan is? Um, I think we're going to find out in the next coming days.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, uh, but it's going to be something like that. It's going to take so much time. We're we're and talking.
0: We it could be a year. It could be it could be oh. eight, it could be six months. It could be a year. It could be eight. They, if and I keep going back to if they're serious, gone are the days of 30 day operations exactly. That always seemed to be the clock always seemed to tick at around 30 yeah. days or so,
1: yeah, 30, 30, 30 and 50, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it just, yeah, exactly. And yep, yeah, but yeah, I'm using 30 as a shorthand, it could be 30, f- 35, could be exactly, yeah, right? Yeah.
0: But that oh, I have always said, oh, the clock's ticking once you get down to that four week part, the Israelis are get or, or have to start winding this down because the international pressure, but I, you know. Is the international pressure going to be greater than the internal pressure within Israel? Because they can't leave behind what they've left behind since they've withdrawn from Gaza in two thousand and five.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, that's um, yeah, yeah, that's that's definitely true. So, uh, yeah, I think once the Israelis have committed to what they're doing, uh, they can't go back. All right, I mean, it's just uh, it will if they're not successful here, right? it, It will degrade the um sense of security that they've built around you know uh around the state for decades now right uh they what they're trying to do i think one of the goals here is that they're going to try to restore obviously um the deterrence. uh but they used to you got to remember that israel back in the day like they, they used to strike fear in the heart of terrorists. Like they would go, they would, doesn't matter where you were. You didn't have to be in the West Bank or Israel, I'm sorry, uh, or Gaza. You could be in another country and they'd find you and they'd kill you. Right. A perfect example is, uh, you know, the Munich massacres. Right. And Black September. Uh, you know, that's just, you know, you, there's movies about it. And, but, um, but yeah, but there's, there's a ton of other examples and that, you know, that, not that, Maybe the Israelis stop doing that, but I think that sense of fear uh, is has uh, faded mostly. So, uh, so these terrorists, these terrorist groups, are more emboldened to to um, to attack. So, so yeah, so that's uh, I think a goal of the Israeli uh, defense establishment here is to just restore that uh, sense of that that security. So we'll see if it happens. I, I just don't know, but uh, uh, they're going to have to do something significant. Uh, to destroy hamas uh if that's really their 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 goal yeah you you're i concur 100
0: percent. they need to restore that you know balance of fear i mean look the israeli you go back you know to hunting nazis right and, there you, you go know, yeah, yeah adolf eichmann in south america and and uh, you know they that's what the israelis have been willing to do and i i think they you know I go back to they just became complacent when it came to Hamas when it came to Gaza. They began to I think they began to look north as to the real threat and Gaza is the containable threat. They can't have that anymore. I mean, the Hamas doesn't launch this attack if it if it um, if it respected you know that balance of fear that the Israeli military that the Israeli intelligence used to um, you know put out there. Uh, So. Uh, yeah, I have to agree with you, and 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 it's going to cause a, uh, it's going to, you know, a lot of people are going to pay the price for this, uh, for this mistake, and and I'm talking in lives, in both Israeli soldiers and um, Palestinian, Palestinian civilians who've been put in the middle of this because of Hamas's inability to just govern their 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 territory, their desire to just cause the destruction of Israel it just trumped everything, even even the um well-being of their own people of their own families well look let's take a look what's happening up north Joe? Uh, we had a lot of reports yesterday um it was quite interesting to say the least um where do we stand in in, in the threat to, uh, as it uh, at this moment um as it looks in the north
1: right so yeah as uh, as i was saying earlier everything uh, the days are like uh, coming together here so what do yeah yesterday? You, yeah, no, yeah. Yesterday. like what happened yesterday exactly <laughs> <laughs> right so uh but no uh so there have been false alarms or false alerts in the north uh several times already uh and uh that uh, which caused cause of panic people thought uh, you know there was either drones or uh, rockets being fired by Hezbollah uh or other or uh or Palestinian armed groups uh towards northern Israel uh however uh, some of that has been uh, false. It was a false alert for whatever reason. Misidentification, human error, who knows. Uh, but but uh, today, uh, just a, I guess maybe a couple hours ago, uh, there is some a- activity there in the Lebanon border. And uh, I can't tell you exactly what happened because the, the reports are still... Uh, pretty uh, pretty fresh, but I, I know the IDF is retaliating, responding. They, they published a statement. So, uh, so something did happen. When the IDF says we're responding to, we're uh, firing uh, artillery into southern Lebanon, that means because something actually happened. So they're not just going to do it to do it. Okay. So, uh, so yeah, so that area is still active. Uh, the Syrian arena, uh, right now isn't, uh, as active, nothing's really happened that I've seen, uh, in the past few days since we last talked. So that's good news. The West bank is becoming, uh, is a little hotter today than it has been in the last few days. When I mean hotter, uh, shooting attacks, uh, against, let's say, Israeli settlements and, uh, IDF soldiers. I I can't, uh, I can't say if anybody has been killed uh but there have been statements by uh Palestinian terrorist groups like Al-Aqsa Martyrs Brigades uh claiming responsibility for shooting attacks so uh so that that's uh, even though that's been going on for the last few weeks the uh, last couple of years actually uh today it seems like a little bit more than usual uh so so these fronts there are a couple fronts yeah, that, that they're, they're becoming more uh more active it seems and I expect it to be even more active uh as this as this war goes on especially uh, when there's a when there's a ground war and of course of course the the, the biggest uh concern is is from uh, Hezbollah in the north
0: yeah absolutely so we're, before we we're, we're going to turn to that I'm going to ask you a little to detail some of the the Iranian back groups obviously Hamas and Palestinian Islamic Jihad and Gaza but you know let's let's circle back in in a moment Um, and look at some of these groups that are operating in the North and the West Bank. But what is the Palestinian authorities response in the West Bank? What has, what has been the response to all of this?
1: Right. You know, so they, they make their statements. Okay. You know, of course they're going to make statements uh, supporting the Palestinian people and, uh, and um, deriding the Israeli, uh, Israeli response, of course, you know, so uh, that's what, that's what they do. I mean, you know, what could was the
0: response to the uh, – how, how did they – did they respond at all after Hamas launched this attack? Did they celebrate it?
1: Uh, you know, there was some so, – uh, there was, like, statements of – the problem is the PA doesn't doesn't like Hamas. Right, now, so exactly. They're, they're, so they're kind of <laughs> in mind here, right? Yeah, they don't. So – but the, what I think they've been doing uh, – I there may be a statement out there supporting uh, supporting what – happened. Uh Maybe they don't mention Hamas directly, but I I, I can't recall. Uh, there's just so much. And that's something else I just wanted to quickly say is that there's so much data, so much, and we can go over this after, so much information coming through. It's just like, I can't handle all this, right? It's a flood. Yeah. It's like, it's from everywhere so you can't catch everything right so you just what you do is you just focus try to identify the important uh let's say important fronts or important news uh and then just stick with that because uh yeah like it's just it's too much like monitoring uh or red alerts uh where uh where uh rockets are possibly being fired uh you know you, I just, I just don't even. I ignore it mostly now. It's just too, too much. I have other stuff to noise. do. Yeah, it's all background noise. But in general, just like on a normal day, something like that would be big news. So, anyway, uh, so yeah, back to the Palestinian Authority. Just really quickly, you know, the, the last two years has been a huge uh, wave of violence in in the uh, in the West Bank. We've talked about it before. We've done podcasts. We've written on it, written about it on Long War Journal in detail especially about the groups involved there uh and yeah they've uh they've basically uh undermined the palestinian authority uh hamas islamic jihad a bunch of other groups uh so right now you know what i'm seeing from the palestinian authority is as far as they're concerned, is that they're just kind of I don't know they're almost like on the sidelines right now. Yeah, it's like okay, yeah, we exist, and you know, here's a statement, and you know, we support the Palestinian people. We're against the the bombing of civilians uh, in Gaza. Uh, I think he did say something about uh, he said something along the lines of uh, being against uh, violence against civilians. Sides, something like that, to that effect. He, so you're referring
0: to a boss,
1: a boss. I'm sorry. Yes, yes, mm-hmm. the authority president. Yes, uh, apologies. So, okay. um, yeah. So it's. Oh, uh, you know, he's trying to. I don't know. He's he's doing he's his thing. Riding so, the line. Yeah, exactly. Because he doesn't want to piss off his his constituents. He Does he's because then they'll they'll just call him a. What I've seen many, many times, I'll just call him a an agent, and I say this in quotes, an agent of the Zionist entity, you know. It's, I know it sounds crazy, but that's how they refer to him a lot because uh, but anyway, uh so yeah, the Palestinian Authority, uh, you know, it's they're on the sidelines. Like the thing is, I think it's super important to know is this. Before October 7th, if you ask just some random person on the street who Hamas is. You're likely going to get a huh? You know what? What are you talking about? Now you go out today and ask who Hamas is. I bet you you're going to get a response. Oh yeah, Hamas. That's something. Uh, something happened in Israel. They did an attack and whatever. You know. So, but they'll know. And and my point being is that now everybody knows who Hamas is, but not the Palestinian Authority, right? So now it's like the Palestinian Authority's taken a back seat. You know, all the way back, right? Uh, Hamas is at the forefront here of the Palestinian cause. Uh, even though they probably set it back decades because of this attack, uh, everybody knows about them now. So, uh, yes, they did an attack. They caused, uh, they, they massacred people, women, men, and children. Uh, but now everybody knows about them. They know who Hamas is. And that's a, that's a pretty big deal. Uh, and that's something, uh, I don't think they had before, Uh, so uh, they're being they're recognized now, even if they are terrorists. You understand what I'm saying? Oh, I do. I do. No, listen. One of the things, Joe, you know, we got to this
0: this attack. It was, you know, I don't want to praise Hamas in any way, shape, or form, but you have to respect your enemy. You have to recognize that what they did was something unprecedented, something that required skill, that required a, a enormous amount an un, ungodly amount of operational security and um and you know it was it was audacious it was bold um you could they still can be terrorists they still can be horrible people while recognizing these things i think israel got to where it is today and again with respect to hamas because it lost respect for its enemy it didn't see them as being creative and innovative and and committed it just thought they could keep them in you know keep them uh, on the other side of the fence and and we'll deal with the problem in the north and um yeah and and this is up the as you noted it up the profile of Hamas I mean if they're able to gather funds they must be fundraising like crazy oh yeah those who like to see this sort of thing and um whether that's going to benefit them and ultimately in the end, I think we're going to find out. But um, as it stands today, it's a they could they launched an audacious, significant attack that has you know shook the foundations of
1: of, of the Israeli state. Uh, uh, yeah, I'm 100% with you, and I'll tell you how I know this for sure it's because when I have my neighbors calling me, asking me uh, about Hamas, and uh, if today, Friday, uh, Hamas leader uh, Khaled Mashal. He made a statement about global jihad for today. So um, he did it like a couple of days ago anyway. So um, I'm getting like my neighbors calling me, asking me if today's it's if, if if people are safe walking outside because of Hamas. And that tells me right there how the, the, how how things have changed for Hamas. OK, so. Um, so, yeah, a, you're here, a right?
0: half hour call with my daughter daughter's in college. Right. Explaining the situation, right? That's how, you know, she knows what I do. She, but, you know, she's not reading what I'm writing and all up to date on this stuff. I don't expect that from a 19 year old young lady. Um, and so I did, you know, that's how it is, right? And aside from my friends and family members, and it's reached that level of, um, uh, you know, that the, the, this attack has, has penetrated the psyche of, of, of people
1: in ways I think we can't even fathom. Right. I know. I agree. I absolutely agree. So, and Hamas is definitely using this to their advantage. Uh, and yeah, funding and all sorts of things. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, so yeah, so we'll see if, uh, the, the Israel, the Israelis will be able to basically eliminate them. Uh, it'll be, it'll, it's a tough task. They're everywhere. They're not just in Gaza. They're not in the, just in the West Bank. They have leaders in Turkey. They have leaders in Doha, um, and, in and, and other places as well in, in Lebanon, uh, Syria so yeah so but that's uh that's another uh we can talk about that in another podcast <laughs> yeah absolutely all right
0: joe let's turn to the iran-backed terror groups um obviously all of them in just about all of this them in this arena um are uh backed by iran in some way shape or form some are direct proxies some just receive significant support you know cash and weapons and whatnot um what groups I'd like you to identify a couple of the key groups that Israel is dealing with or will be dealing with in the near future. Right. Um,
1: So it's, it's kind of not hard to say, but I could say for like example, Gaza uh, there's, there's a few uh, that have, um, that are involved with Iran. Obviously, you know, the big ones, Hamas, Osama Jihad. Then you mentioned it, the Popular Resistance Committees, um, that's one. Uh, and there's also, like, uh, for instance, uh, a, a Fatah-affiliated uh, group, and they're Hamas-affiliated, uh, called the, uh, Abdul Al-Qadir Al-Husseini Brigades. Uh, there's also Al-Aqsa Martyrs Brigades. Uh, there's uh, and then there's the PFLP-GC, the General Command, uh the DFLP, the Democratic Front for the Liberation of Palestine. Uh These are all. These are just some of them, but they're all they're smaller groups, right? Um, some of them, uh, they they most of them have ro- uh, have uh rockets and uh they can some of them at least one of them that I mentioned has the capabilities to to use. Uh, have drone capabilities uh so at least that's uh, what they claim so uh so yeah those are some of the groups in Gaza that are backed by iran, but then again of course hezbollah and lebanon, and then there's some syrian groups uh as well like uh the ones established by the i r g c uh that operate uh in syria the uhzinabayum brigade uh Fatimayyum brigade. Uh, and then some Iraqi groups as well that operate in Syria. Uh, so, um, uh, there's one, um, Al-Dujaba, for example. Uh, so those are some of the groups that are, uh, that are threatening, right? Uh, and we've seen statements have been published already. We've written about it in Long War Journal actually the last few days. So, uh, but it's not just, um, but yeah, so it's just these groups that are, that are threatening. Even the Houthis are threatening. Uh, to join the war, you know, the war against Israel. So it's probably a lot of bluster too. (laughs) But um, again, everyone's just, I think we're all just looking at the ground invasion, and then what what will happen after that? How it'll set it off? Uh, if groups will, especially, uh, I'm really curious about the groups in Syria. If they're going to start firing, you know, mortars or uh, sending drones, things like that. Even the IRGC may be may get involved uh, because they operate in Syria, right? They may send drones to um, uh, to eastern they've been Israel.
0: Targeted by Israel in the past, their leaders. Oh yeah. Their
1: yeah. yeah absolutely so the irgc can get involved right so uh, and i think it's something super important that our, our our listeners need to hear and it's this so we've heard for the last almost a week now which i still can't believe uh that uh iran uh there's been reports that you know iran is a is is green uh, green lighted this this attack and then there's others that say oh no maybe you know they provided weapons and but uh they they're not involved right uh and we've seen this back and forth thing going on so uh i'll, I'll say this proxies are created uh to uh establish uh a, a, a way of deniability right it's to deny that uh someone that uh, you're involved that's what iran has done right they're uh and, and we're they not only the the proxies like islamic jihad and uh other other groups it's just what they're trying to do is they're there because of plausible deniability for iran uh other groups like uh, uh the ones backed in uh, the ones funded like hamas and others but uh, they're they're funded they're armed they uh is, you know, Iran's not doing this just to be nice and, oh, here you go. Have some weapons and enjoy, enjoy the money that we're giving you. It's not like that. Uh, they're, they're building influence, right? And it's just plausible deniability. That's why proxies are created. We've seen this in Iraq so much. It's just, uh, especially specifically with Iran, uh, it's just, to me it's like mind boggling like this is what's happening here and we've seen this before plenty of times why is it why would it be any different now in this in this case right and we know there's evidence that iran is absolutely involved with these groups so uh so yeah i just wanted to get that out it's plausible deniability that's why proxies exist that's why groups that are uh that are receiving aid receiving funds from iran uh they're there to basically shield Iran or shield the actual culprit from, uh, you know, from being blamed. But yeah, absolutely. Iran is totally involved in this. So I think that's important for our listeners to, to, to understand.
0: Yeah. This is their investment. This is what they've exactly. invested in this and other terrorist attacks and, um, other ways to weaken Israel for, for decades now. You know, you're 100% correct. It's plausible deniability. And on our side, what we, you know, our our friend Thomas Jocelyn always talked about was, you know, he coined the term disconnect the dots. We know what Iran's doing. We see it. And yet people are out there, you know, writing upon apologia for Iran by saying, well, they weren't involved in directly executing the attack and they weren't this and they weren't looking for ways to disconnect Iran's hand in in all of these operations. You know, Hamas doesn't build. It's arsenal, it doesn't get the training and the money without Iran. Same goes for Hezbollah and the Iraqi terror groups and et cetera, et cetera. It, it, it's I just don't understand, you know. I, I I say this all the time. In Washington, what I see a lot, what happens with administrations is they have their desired policy and then they shape the facts to fit them. In this case, I think their policy is, well, we don't want to get into a war with Iran or we don't want Israel to open up a front with Iran. So we'll just pretend that there's no direct links so that, you know, this doesn't have to happen, right? You know, you don't have to go to war with Israel, but you do have to, you know, I'm sorry, Israel doesn't have to go to war with Iran or the U.S. doesn't have to go to war with Iran because of its support for these. That is an option, Right. But let's call let's call it like we see it, right? You know, this is some of the things I've encountered with coverage, like Al Qaeda, the Iran's support for Al Qaeda, sheltering its leaders, Iran's support for the Taliban, you know, and people automatically with the response I get is, well, that means you want to go to war with Iran. And I say, No, I'm not talking policy here. I'm just talking facts. This is what's happening. Now you can make whatever policy you want out of these facts. You know, but maybe if Iran's doing these things, maybe it's a bad idea to trust them in, say, a nuclear deal or any other deal that you want to put together. I'm not saying you should or shouldn't. The facts matter. We shouldn't ignore facts just because they don't because it might make things uncomfortable
1: when we want to craft a policy. Exactly. Exactly. That's uh, perfectly. That's well. Well. Well said. So that's what's happening here, at least. Um, and I don't. Yeah. People don't want to believe it uh, for some reason when there's plenty of evidence. And yeah. And we've talked about it before. I have. Uh, I mean, I even put together a visual and you know and uh, laid out the facts and sourced our facts and uh, about these groups being financed and backed by Iran. So uh it's out there so the evidence is there just need to pay attention really or you could just listen to our podcast too i'm going to make one more point right you put together this you know this visual right
0: these are the groups that are along israel's borders now you're going to get turned people will turn well that means you want to go to war with with iran no it doesn't it just means that we need to very carefully tread when we deal with issues with iran like if iran's doing these things if it's funding these groups Maybe it's a bad idea to release cash to Iran, right? Like that's something short of war. And I'll tell you this, given our record in the last 22 years of actively engaging in wars in Iraq and Afghanistan, and then in, um, you know, sort of counterterrorism operations and so we have a bad track record. I'm going to be the last guy that's going to sit here and say, we need to go, you know, commit American troops to go into iran we better think twice three and four times before we make that commitment again there's a lot of problems that need to be fixed in the u.s military in the u.s intelligence establishment and in our political leadership because they seem to lack the will to follow through um so you know if you think that someone like me is just warmongering against iran absolutely you know you, you're just misreading the room badly right
1: right right so no yeah, no it just it just we're just here to lay out the facts what's happening that's why we re- that's why we do this research because there's just a lot of a lot of junk out there too so uh as far as you know uh, you know disinformation or misinformation and all sorts of yeah, stuff let's so, get into that joe
0: let's talk a little bit of it. there's been a lot of boy that's the that's the sewer of the uh, social <laughs> media world so tell us what you've <laughs> seen as far as misinformation oh
1: wow yeah um where can i start uh yeah, I, right. I, and i have to keep this brief too um okay so and, and we've seen this like uh in in other in, in other arenas like you know the Russia and, and ukraine war but like uh video games uh being depicted as real life like i i saw this video where uh it was a video game where this uh so-called uh hamas member of hamas was shooting down a helicopter and people thought it wasn't real right and it was being propagated online and disseminated online rather that um you know Hamas shoots down Israeli uh, you know Apache and it's a video game it's, it's just and uh, you know I'm seeing that type of stuff I'm seeing just uh outright lies um some stuff uh some people people little things but they do make a, a difference uh they do matter as far as a research uh if, if for research purposes like it people misidentifying uh terrorist groups like uh people calling hamas islamic jihad or the, you know people calling uh, islamic jihad hamas uh you know that type of you know that type of uh misidentifications um I got a call. Here's a good one. I got a call from a person, I'll say, uh, asking me, uh, you know, that they heard on social media, of course, that uh, this was back in when, uh, the first like day or two after the attack that there was Hamas members running around Tel Aviv, you know, like shooting people. And uh, he was asking me, Oh, is this true, Joe? I'm just like, no. And, um, so yeah, so it's, you know, that type of stuff that I'm seeing. And then just, you know, just mistakes too. Like again, about groups and who's involved and, uh, you know, it's just, oh, you know, the, um, or, or just weird stuff too Like um, people going online And editing footage uh, To make it seem like something else Happened or something like To make it seem like um, nothing really did happen There was one about CNN uh, n- News coverage uh, of, of these actual reporters having to Run because there was a Red alert uh, of an incoming rocket And somebody uh, like Doctored the, the video and made it seem Like it was all fake basically But in reality it was, it was real So Uh, just seeing stuff like that a lot of stuff that you know i i've seen in you know the russia ukraine war it's seeping into this okay uh it's a lot of doctored things a lot of like doctored photos and and videos uh it's and and i'm watching it and i'm just like whoa this is this is bad but you know again like i said earlier i'm too focused on certain things right now i can't just you know be out there trying to fight this information like this all these false uh statements right it's just there's too many takes too much of my time so i just focus on just publishing what i know and just hoping that readers or listeners will follow uh so yeah so there's a lot of it going on and it's totally going to get worse absolutely uh over the coming days and um so yeah uh, and there's a lot more to talk about but i gotta i want to keep that 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 brief
0: no it's it's a it's it's a the information component, as I look, I've been doing this for almost two decades now. Actually, I have been doing this for two decades now. Um, boy, am I old! The the um, I've watched this just increase. When I started, it was blogs, right, and chat rooms and things like that. And it's gone from that to Facebook to Twitter to Telegram to you know you just all. It's just exploded into, and tracking this has been it's just, it used to be so much easier. Um, you know, you were talking about, you know, the difference between the groups and what groups and how it's hard to, you know, with, with me doing Afghanistan, it was pretty easy, right? It was the Taliban and then their Al Qaeda li- allies, you know, allied groups, they just fell under the umbrella of the Taliban. And then you had the Islamic state, right? Which made things a little more difficult, but the the lines were very clear. I can't, Imagine what it's like for you, Joe. To you know, look, I'm I'm tracking it as well, but like you know, you're you're at a you're at the next level of information tracking, and you have all of that to deal with, and then you're dealing with misinformation, and then you're dealing with disinformation, and and just sort of frightened rumors and this and that. It just has to be, it's a Herculean task to put to put it mildly, and that's why I really appreciate what you've been um what you've been writing, what you, you know, our conversations here and 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 what you've been putting out on twitter it's it's a it's a a reasoned rational filter for those of us who want to know what's happening and don't want to get caught up in into the other garbage that that abounds on the internet
1: Uh, yeah absolutely And and i appreciate that bill and just a quick thing just for the listeners yeah hezbollah had just um it's a 847 in the morning, uh, Pacific time, Hezbollah has published a statement, uh, taking responsibility for another attack, uh, in, uh, northern Israel. It appears it was like an, an IDF position, uh, possibly. So, um, so yeah, just adding that. So we'll see what happened. Uh, if there was any, ca- I'm not sure if there's casualties or, or, uh, or anything else. So just, uh, just wanted to add that it just came through. Yeah. It's heat. It's heating up. Yeah. Absolutely.
0: Joe, thanks again for all you're doing and for joining us like, taking valuable time out of your day to give us an update here on Generation Jihad. We'll be talking, I'm sure, in the next couple days. Um, be well. Best to you and your family. And, you know, again, thank you for joining us. I appreciate it. Thank you for having
1: me. Uh, looking forward to the next episode.
0: Absolutely. Okay, everyone. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Generation Jihad. And thanks again to Joe for joining us. Just a reminder, you can find us on YouTube, Apple, Spotify, and anywhere else you listen to podcasts. podcast. Make sure you subscribe and leave us a review, preferably a positive one. Thanks again, and we'll see you all again soon.